Three and a half past ten, you're with Sally Lone on 702 AB Sydney and I am joined as I have been for the last uh, many weeks by Dr Carol Cusack from the University of Sydney who is taking us through the millennium uh, very uh, very interestingly too, I must say, Carol. We're almost at the end. I know. It seems like we spent quite a lot of time on... on um the medieval things at the beginning and now we're kind of catapulting towards the end of it. We are leaping with great uh, speed towards the end of the millennium. Now you've chosen a very interesting uh, um, I guess event moment to talk about for the 19th century. The Zulu Wars which happened at the end of the eight of the 19th century of course in South Africa. Yes I picked it for a couple of reasons. Firstly because when we first thought about the program we thought it would be a good idea to pick events that covered all sorts of parts of the globe and so we've talked about China and about the New World and about Europe and Africa has been mentioned in the talk discussions about exploration mm. and mostly Northern Africa though. but Haven't yes we, yeah. and I thought also that when you think about the 19th century you could pull almost anything out of it you could pull Napoleon out of it you could pull 1848 the year of the revolutions out of it but I think that people are very keen on the idea of coming up with cute little marketing uh, gags for periods of time and if we think about the 20th century how is it to be characterized I know that this is a random one to pull out of the bag but I think there is a sense in which the 20th century is a is a century in which the first world at least in the well most of the century yes has been coming to grips with the legacy of colonial oppression and conquest yeah. and attempting to um, negotiate a new relationship with people from Africa, from South America, the Australian Aborigines, the Maoris of New Zealand, mm. the um, Inuit in North America, indigenous peoples who've been uh, dispossessed. And so I thought the Zulu Wars, it's um, a condensed event, January to September mm. 1879. It's a small um, outbreak but of great significance, mm. really, I think, in the history of, of uh, colonial. Yeah. It's interesting you're talking about the, the Indigenous peoples and how there's been this movement uh, towards reconciliation around the world, really in the last decade. Yes. Um, Linda Burney, who's with the, uh, she's a, a leading uh, reconciliation spokesperson here in New South Wales. She's with the Department of Education. She's been on the um, New South Wales Reconciliation Council. Um, she's a terrific speaker. I, I was at a business lunch yesterday where she spoke and she talked about the parallels now between, and she said the word reconciliation is not a word that's just used in the context of Australian Aborigines no. now. It's a word that's been used over the years and uh, with special reference to Africa, mm. of course, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of South Africa, Nelson mm. Mandela's, and she made some really good, I thought, pertinent points about the internationality of reconciliation. Mm. Well, I think something that a lot of people may not be aware of is that within the last five years, Canada awarded the Inuit, the people we used to call Eskimos, um, a, a homeland. It was a land rights claim, essentially. And very interestingly, um, the Japanese government awarded the Ainu, um, a homeland on Hokkaido mm. some years ago as well. And, and these are really enormous leaps forward, uh, particularly in the Japanese case, since the Ainu, who are uh, non-Asian people, Caucasian people, um, are a tiny minority in mm. numbers. So yes, I think that reconciliation is one of the, the great themes of the century. And if the century contains much um, to be distressed about, it also contains, at least towards the end, this hope of uh, a better relationship mm. between the formerly 
colonially oppressed peoples and their oppressors. Yes. Well, the oppressors in the case of the Zulu Wars were the British. Yes. And the uh, the uh, they met their match with the Zulus. Uh, Shaka was the leader of the Zulus. I, I, I lived in South Africa in Natal, which is the home of the Zulu and mm. particularly Shaka, for a year in the uh, in the 80s and. Uh, there are there are memories of Shaka everywhere. You are you are never allowed to forget that this is was one incredible man. Mm. Well, don't forget it's a very popular name for young black men. Great English soccer player uh, Shaka Heslop is playing at the yes, moment. That's yes, that's right. Yeah. But actually, Shaka Zulu was well and truly dead by the time of the Zulu Wars. He mm. had been the inspirational leader in the very early nineteenth century. Conquered a lot of local tribes, forced them into vassalage. Mm. Interesting guy. I mean, must have been one of the all-time great charismatic leaders because he was born a bastard with few contacts within the Zulu clan system, but rose to power through excellent generalship and the and ability of to command. And, and quite a bit of um, bloodthirsty behaviour on his part too. Oh yes, we hasten to add. <laughs> you, you may, have, I'm sure you know the story, having lived in Natal, that um, when he was a child, because of his illegitimacy, he had been teased by many children. You know, just in in the playful but also bitter way that children do. When he came to power, he executed every one of his childhood mm. tormentors. Um, but this was probably, considering that Africa, South Africa at this time, was was becoming overrun by Boers and English, it was very good for the Zulus to come together, motivate, become kind of... Uh, uh, a solidified group. Yes, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. uh, the really terrible thing about the Zulu War having broken out between the Zulus and the English was that until two years prior, until 1877, it was the avowed mission of the English, and the, the important person here was the astonishingly named Theophilus Shepstone, people don't have names like that anymore, oh, who was the yes. Natal Secretary for Native Affairs, and uh, his brief had been to protect the Zulus from Boer aggression. Yeah. And it was uh, very opportunely, uh, Shepston decided to move into the Transvaal in 1877, basically an act of occupation. And of course this leads to the later on Boer Wars, the first outbreak of which is in the early 1880s as a, as a result of British aggression in territory that the Boers thought was appropriately theirs. Mm. So um, at that point, basically, Shepston decided that he would shop the Zulus to um, uh, placate the Boers and so the policy of, pr of protection was just abandoned mm. and by two within two years the British High Commission called for the Zulu army to, to um, disarm and the then uh, chieftain who was called Ketchweo wouldn't oblige not surprisingly mm. I mean his land was being taken away from him and uh, it didn't look good on any side and hostilities broke out I think on the 18th of January in 1879. Now one of the things about the Zulu Wars also is that it's tremendously heartrending really to think of people and the Zulus weren't recent arrivals in, in Zululand, as the, as the English called it at the time. Um, archaeological and, and cultural historians believe they'd been there since at least the 15th century, the yes. early 15th century. And they were in the process of being dispossessed. They were fighting with spears and, and shields against and people with guns yes. and cannons. Enormously courageous when you think about it. They, they were very warlike. They were tremendously courageous, the Zulus. They really... Uh, 
they were very frightening too, I'm sure, in a group. But uh, as you say, against guns, what could they do except mm. try and... Well, they did outwit them, yes. in the British, at, at, at one point anyway. Well, there was a certain amount of guerrilla tactic mm. used, which is the way, of course, that the generally underarmed against the overarmed usually manage. But it, it's an interesting one because images of, of this war still live on. I mean, there's a magnificent painting of the Battle of Rourke's Drift in the Art Gallery of New South Wales, you know, one of those big stage 19th century pictures, yes. early 20th century pictures, um, full of bleeding redcoats and the smoke of cannons in the sky. And of course, the 1960s film Zulu with Michael Caine um, is, I think, um, an attempt to be fair mm. to the feelings of all involved. Um, the Zulus, I think, would have kept going uh, for as long as they possibly could. But what, what brought them down, what made them lose heart, was that Kachwayo, their chief, was caught, finally captured. And um, that was in late August, 28th of August. And in a system such as they had, tribal system with clans and chieftains at the kind of pinnacle, leadership was really, really important. And uh, it took only matter of three days the Zulus surrendered after mm. Kichwao was taken and the war was officially over and on the 1st of September. And the English ruled Natal. Oh. Well, by the time 1887 they'd taken the whole of what was the former Zululand, mm. created uh, protectorate province of Natal. Um, the Zulus didn't stop there, I might say. Uh, there were actually two rebellions, big, quite big Zulu rebellions, one in 1888, which I suspect was probably slightly motivated by the First Boer War. Um, they sort of saw everything going into disarray and thought, hey, yes. we'll try. <laughs> Strike while the iron <laughs> But unfortunately didn't succeed. Mm. And then in 1906, and, and after that, until the, the Bantu... Um, Self-Government Act, which happened in 1959, most of the Zulus lived in in the most horrible conditions mm. on reservations. They never stopped uh, fighting. Actually, they were such a proud people, and uh, I've only just read of sort of, I guess, reparations between the Zulu, well, the the Zulu chief now, Gacha Butelezi, and uh, Nelson Mandela's government. There's, mm. there's, they're just starting to make overtures to each other. They, they, the Zulus always remain remain proudly independent. Yes, well, the Nkata Freedom Party is right. a Zulu party yes. and has caused the ANC a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble, yes. yeah. Carol Cusack, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. We will talk again next week where we... Our final program. We wrap up the millennium. <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might start a, a, a new millennium program next year. <laughs> well, uh, don't forget, 2001 is the real millennium, so we could. It is. Indeed it is. And that's the Centenary Federation. We'll have plenty of things to talk about. History-wise, Dr Carol Cusack there from uh, the Department of Religious Studies at the University of Sydney, taking us through the millennium, as she has done uh, so expertly in the last few months. It's 29 to 11, time for the news headlines. A very good morning to John Logan. Good morning.